Well, it happened again. Another overtime loss, this time at the recently flooded Bridgestone Arena. We'll talk about that game on Reverse Retro Night on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade, and I want to thank you for making this your first listen of the day or evening. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Um, if you'll excuse me, I've been drinking a little bit of tea because I've been doing some public public address announcing for the soccer team and I'll be doing that again on Thursday and because of that I'll have a little bit of announcement as far as this particular or this show is concerned I'll get to that later on let me get one more sip this is actually a pretty warm tea right now so just got to make sure my voice is okay for the next maybe maybe 18 minutes we'll see we'll try to get through a show by the way if you're on the video side you might notice that I'm a Bit of a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Uh Love Star Wars. Big Disney freak. Those of you that are regular listeners of yours may have gathered that by now. Oh, I'm kind of stalling a little bit talking about this game because it was brutal. It was really, really brutal the way that game ended. The Ducks had it. This was one of those games that they had again and this was another game where John Gibson was saving their butt again and the Ducks blew it again how how did we get to this point I think before talking about the game itself I just want to talk about what happened in overtime the Ducks did lose two to one at Bridgestone Arena and the reason I want to talk about the losing goal first is is because I know there's going to be a bit of discourse about what happened. And there's going to be those blaming or squaring all the blame on Trevor Zegris. And I think that's unfair. I don't think Zegris gets 100% of the blame. Does he get a lot of it? Unfortunately, yes. He does get the bulk of it. Because with about over a minute left, about a minute left in overtime... Trevor Zegras had the puck on his stick in his own defensive zone, kind of in the caddy corner of the defensive zone. And there was a some weird communication going on there. On the ice at the time was Trevor Zegras. And you also had Colton White, who, by the way, had a pretty decent game. We'll get to that in a little bit. And also at the time, Adam Henrique. Now, Henrique was not out there when the goal was scored. This is where I this is why I don't put all of the blame on Trevor Zegris. I think there was a slight miscommunication there with the bench. Because at the time that Trevor Zegris had the puck, Adam Henrique was out there. And instead of Henrique being right there in the center area. He was heading towards the bench. 
So because there was no one there to collect that Trevor Zegras pass, Henrique wasn't there, and Frank Vetrano was about to enter the game. So as there's a bad line change happening, that's when we see the three-on-one happening between the Preds and the Ducks. And out there was Michael Granlund to pick up the loose change. I shouldn't even say loose change. He was there to pick up the pass to no one at that point. And Michael Granlund then got it off to Matt Duchesne. And Duchesne with a slick pass to Roman Yossi and John Gibson. Gibby had no chance. As soon as that second pass was made from Duchesne to Yossi, that's when I knew that's it. It's over. So that's how it ended. And it's a shame too. It was kind of a nice kind of quasi tic-tac-toe play between Granlund, Duchesne, and Yossi. But just going back to that Trevor Zegras errant pass, I'm going to say this for the billionth time. Have patience with this team. The Ducks are still a very young team, and Trevor Zegras is still only 21 years old. He's going to learn. I feel like this game in particular was a learning lesson for Trevor Zegras. Because that's not the kind of pass that you should be making in general unless you know that there's going to be a teammate there. So I think what Zegras can learn from this is don't try to always make the fancy passes like the no-look passes. Make sure that your teammate is there, especially in overtime. But at the same time, if you're the Ducks coaching staff, you need to be careful about when to make those kind of, not even a line change, but those kind of changes. Henrique was supposed to be out there, and he wasn't. And that's how Vetrano just kind of got stuck getting the minus on that last goal. Vetrano was on the way back, and he was kind of on the ice. But by the time he got to the scoring area, he, he was beat. It was essentially those three Preds against Trevor Zegras. And you could see the look on Trevor's face as soon as he gave up that goal. You, you could see how pissed off he was. And this is not the first time this has happened this season. I think that's what's a little bit concerning is Zegras has made a couple of those bad errants turnovers, which has directly led to the opposing team scoring the game-winning goal. That's happened already earlier this season. So is that a bit of concern? It's a slight bit of concern. But again, he's still only 21. That is a very... I guess weird nuance of the game is trying to get that connection between your line mates and trying to recognize every single player and every inch out there on the ice. Z will learn from this. He really will. And that will only make him better. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be an apologist here. I'm just stating what happened, <clears throat> what happened. All right. We're going to head to the first intermission before I lose my voice. So, we're going to talk about Bet Online really quick, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It has they have the NBA, they have NFL, NHL obviously. They also have boxing, MMA, and all kinds of other sports that you could find at betonline.com. 
Net. So you could go there using either your mobile device or your laptop. Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. That's good team. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and I'm going to try to get through an entire solo episode. I haven't done a solo episode in a while, so I'm trying to do this Han Solo style here. All right, so let's talk about just the game in general first. Uh, This was a very competitive game throughout. I didn't watch this live, obviously. I was off doing public address, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes. I mentioned that there was a particular duck that had a decent game, and that player, Colton White. Now, Colton White was also out there on the ice for that minus, but honestly, he played a good game. He really did. He had solid blocks throughout the game. Generated offense actually did a decent job of trying to generate some good scoring chances, especially towards that kind of middle portion of the game where you can see the Ducks try to take over a little bit and start to pick it up offensively because the first period it was pretty much all Nashville and it was still almost all Nashville until the middle of the second period where the Ducks started to just be a little bit more aggressive and use certain players effectively. I felt that Colton White was one of those players that was used the right way on this game. And Colton White has had some pretty solid games this season. If there's a diamond in the rough in this Ducks roster, then it's right there with Colton White. So I just got to give props where props is due. I thought he had a terrific game. I thought he was very effective on the PK. Uh, White out there with Benoit, I thought were fine. You know, Fowler being out there, well, they were shorthanded. I thought that was good. We still are not seeing some of the best penalty killers out on the ice for the Ducks. I mean, we're seeing Lundestrom, which is fine. We're seeing Derek Grant, which is okay because we know he's got the penalty kill. Uh, Dallas Eakins has still got to put McTavish out there. On the penalty kill. Now granted the Ducks actually didn't allow a power play goal in this game. This is the first time in about a dozen games. That the Ducks did not allow a power play goal in a game. Hallelujah. The Ducks actually did something right. So their PK improves to 66.3%. Which is still good enough for last place. In the NHL. 66.3% is not a good PK percentage. And the Ducks need to continue to get some good kills if they're going to make any kind of noise and pull themselves up out of last place. So yeah, I gave White his just due. Also going to give my just due to that top line once again because they were effective once again. Now, Colton Cisons did score his second of the season. All right, fine. But third period is when the Ducks really turned it around. That's when they started getting aggressive. That's when they put their foot 
completely on the gas. That's something that I feel has been missing for the Ducks is they just need to be more aggressive at the end. And they also need to be more aggressive when they have a lead at the end. And to have that third period goal to come back and tie it up from Troy Terry, I thought that was a nice little shot towards the net. But that's also one that I think needed to be stopped. And I think UC Soros is going to have a couple of nightmares about that one. Because the puck was in his glove and he just couldn't hold on to it. Like it barely got to the top of his glove. If he was maybe a couple inches higher or not even, maybe even just an inch higher, he would have gotten that save. As it was, it just grazed through the top of the glove and trickled in. So that gives Troy Terry his 10th goal of the season. He's already got 24 points on this season in 23 games. He's still averaging above a point a game. I still think Troy Terry is going to at least get 80. I still say 90. But Troy Terry is one of the few bright spots on this Ducks team. And honestly, I think he's the brightest spot on this Ducks team. He's a star right now. He is the Ducks all-star for this season. Without question. So... Nice shot from about, I'd say, 20, 25 feet out for Troy Terry. Could have been stopped, but wasn't. That tied things up halfway through the third. And the Ducks, for what it's worth, they stayed pretty aggressive throughout that whole third period. Had a couple of good opportunities where they could have taken the lead. But, you know, that's hockey sometimes. It is what it is. And now, this is where I give credit to John Gibson. Gibby had a terrific game. Best game score by far. On Hockey Stat Cards, they gave John Gibson a game score of 2.41. The expected goals against were 3.41. And the game score does not take into account overtime. That being said, the expected goals were still quite high. The Preds could have scored more and Gibby saved their ass. Again. Is he still an elite goaltender? No. But don't forget, those are the kind of games that Gibson can be capable of. I'm not saying he's going to do it every game. But there is still that little bit in him that can give you a solid, terrific effort. And it's a shame that it wound up being a loss for the Ducks. Once again, 2-1, to one, the final score. All right, I'll have my final thoughts on this game on the other side. There goes the rest of that tea. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in once again with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And I'll have a couple more thoughts on this game and then talk about the podcast in general. The Ducks still allowing too many high danger chances 19 in total they were outshot on this game and if you haven't heard this before you haven't been watching too long the ducks allowed 40 shots on goal again 41 shots for the nashville predators the ducks are still giving up way too many shots they're still the worst at this They're allowing, on average, 37.2 shots per game. 
It's not going to cut it. They've also allowed 95 goals the most. I'll tell you who gave up the second most in a second. But the Ducks allowing that many goals per game. They're allowing right now 4.13 goals per game, which is the most in the National Hockey League. Now, I kind of want to laugh about this one. The Ducks have allowed 95 goals. The team that's allowed the second most goals this season are the Los Angeles Kings. And I'm kind of chuckling about that because did you see what happened at Staples Center Tuesday night? Did, did you, any of you watch that? I know a couple of you did. 9-8 to eight in overtime. The Kings lost to the Seattle Kraken in overtime. That was hilarious. That game was not only drunk. That game was stoned. That game was bonkers. I don't know what other superlatives you could use to describe that game. But the Kings losing 9-8 to eight to the Seattle Kraken, wow. I, I, I don't, I'm on a loss for words on that one. But anyway, so Kings have allowed the second most goals in, in all of hockey. But back to the Ducks. They're still allowing way too many shots. And 23 games in, maybe this is who the Ducks are. They just don't have the defense. And it's a shame, too, because... We knew that Klingberg wasn't going to be the defensive wizard that the Ducks maybe needed. But the fact that he's not giving much on offense either, that's concerning. The fact that Trevor Zegras has committed yet another terrible turnover, that's concerning as well. So the Ducks need to begin making some kind of strides, unless they're really out for Connor Bedard. Right now, they are dead last in the league. 14 points in 23 games. That's a pace of about 47 points. They're on a 47-point trajectory this season. That's good enough for last place. Remember when the sportbooks thought that the Ducks could get around 79, 80? Yeah, well below that right now. That's what it's looking like for the Ducks. I mean, the next lowest teams... The Chicago Blackhawks at 16 points, but they have some games in hand. Arizona, 17 points, but they also have some games in hand against the Ducks. Then you have Ottawa with 17. Oh, right. Ottawa just beat the Ducks. And they also have games on hand. And the Columbus Blue Jackets, 16 points, also with games in hand. Look, it's a tall task for the Ducks to even think about coming back. I don't see it happening. I just don't. But hey, Troy Terry, 24 points in 23 games. Love to see it. All right. So I mentioned that I wanted to talk about just the podcast in general. Um, I'm still trying to get my voice back to 100%. And I'm trying to talk a little bit less and less. So we will have another show. This will be kind of like the early morning Wednesday show. As you could probably tell, no show on Tuesday. Because I was out doing my thing and still trying to recover my voice. So we're going to have another show, another Wednesday show, go a little bit more into detail about some of these distressing stats, and hopefully I can get a guest on. And Thursday will be Goals Thursday. I'll hope to get a guest on for that as well. And we won't have a show on Friday. So just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up. This will be a four-show week, only uh, four shows. And we'll save talking about the next couple of games 
for Monday's version of Locked On Ducks as I try to still stay 100%. And the the main reason for that, and this is going to go really off topic, is because right now I'm the public address for the Empire Strikers, which is the indoor soccer team just down the road from here, here in Ontario, California. And the fact that I get to be the public address announcer for the newly christened Empire Strikers, hey, you know what? It means a lot that I get to be that person. So I'm going to put all of my energy into that. We'll see how my voice holds out. Yeah. And because of that, because I'll be logging some long hours on Thursday, I won't really be around to watch the Ducks game that night. So just to not give it a service, I'll watch the game in whole over the weekend, either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, or all of the above, and give you a proper show detailing all the latest games on Monday. So that's what is coming up as far as the podcast goes. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. Huzzah! The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is very greatly appreciated. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together. <laughs>